and welcome to the Get a Game Plan podcast hosted by the Louisiana Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, our GOSEP. On this episode, we will introduce you to our director here at GOSEP, Colonel James Wascom. Colonel Wascom was appointed to lead our office in 2016, and he's already helped coordinate the state response and recovery for several emergencies across the state during that time. We will examine those events and talk about Colonel Wascom's background and military experience before he came to GOSEP. But first, we will have important safety information from Dr. Parham Jaberi with the Louisiana Department of Health. Summer may have officially started just a few days ago, but we have already seen dangerous heat levels across much of Louisiana and the country for weeks. Unfortunately, we often see too many stories about children being left in hot cars. Dr. Jaberi will tell us how to beat the heat this summer, and we will have information about LDH's Look Before You Lock campaign for families with young children. I'm Mike Steele, the Communications Director for GOSEP. GOSEP is the Louisiana State Coordinating Agency for resources needed to handle an emergency. Each parish has an Office of Emergency Preparedness Director. Should an emergency strain resources at the local level, we step in to offer state support. One of the things we do each show is give you a preparedness tip. Today's tip involves a simple phrase, you are the help until help arrives. That means there are steps many of us can take to help our loved ones and neighbors in the first few moments after an emergency. Learn emergency skills that could come into play. Get CPR training. Learn how to operate simple safety equipment like a fire extinguisher. Learn how to shut off utilities to your home and the homes of any loved ones you may need to help. The 2016 floods in Louisiana and the hurricane response in many states during 2017 proved the importance of volunteers and neighbors helping neighbors. Not everyone has boats, equipment, or skills to help with issues like water rescues, but there are less complicated skills we can learn to help each other in ways until first responders can reach you. That is your preparedness tip for this episode. Our first guest today is Dr. Parham Jaberi. Dr. Jaberi is the Assistant State Health Officer for the Louisiana Department of Health. Sir, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, already this summer, we have seen a pretty remarkable streak of hot weather. What are some of the safety tips you would like to give out to the public? The most important is to remind everybody to stay hydrated and keep cool. For those working outside, for those enjoying outdoor activities, it's really important to keep hydrated, drink plenty of fluids, to make sure you're taking adequate number of breaks, and particularly for those who are elderly, those with a heart condition, to avoid overexertion in this heat. Now, I know this time of year, uh, we have a lot of things like baseball tournaments. A lot of people are out fishing. Do people really need to keep an eye on each other, you know, if you have a group like this that you're participating in events with? It certainly would be very helpful. You know, uh, one may be participating in in an event and just uh, not keeping track of their fluids or, or focused on another issue. And what happens is sometimes people begin feeling faint, dizzy, and they just uh, kind of ignore those signs. And I think it's always nice to have someone on the watch, especially if you're taking out young children and adolescents. They may be enjoying that particular activity, not thinking about all the fluid uh, that they've lost, all the water that they've lost through sweating. 
So a parent, a guardian reminding the children or the adolescents to come in, take a quick break, is always a great idea. And this kind of goes into our next question. What are some of the signs that people should look for, especially if you're an adult, you know, with children or, or somebody that's really vulnerable to the heat? Sure. You know, very often some very normal physiologic responses, the warm temperatures outside affect the body. The heart beats faster. It tries to pump the blood through the body faster and try to cool itself. Uh, many times, obviously, there's perfuse sweating. That's what leads to the dehydration. And, uh, you know, there's some just very normal physiologic signs. But once people start feeling faint, they start feeling dizzy, that means that the body's not able to compensate for that uh, amount of heat that it's feeling. It's not able to release that heat as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And so uh, those normal physiologic signs turn into, again, feeling faint, feeling weak, feeling tired. Um, some people even develop headaches. Some people develop muscle cramps. And these are the early signs of heat exhaustion that people need to take very seriously. A few weeks ago, I had that exact same situation happen, even with the headaches and everything. And it's a very unsettling kind of situation. You know, I do a lot of yard work and, and I'm outside quite a bit. And uh, it kind of caught me off guard how quickly it happened that particular day. But w I guess with this brutal summer we've been having uh, so far, it's easy to, to see those symptoms develop quickly. It is. And, you know, with so many days back to back over 100 degrees with a heat index here, it's hard to say, well, I'll just leave the work for tomorrow. I understand people have specific duties, specific chores, and they may let things go a couple of days and then they just have to get to those uh, yard duties or activities. What we encourage folks is, if at all possible, avoid those at least the hottest hours in the day, those early and mid-afternoon hours, if it's possible, to go out in, into the morning or into the late evening. And, of course, from a public health standpoint, we always remind people to use the mosquito repellent and stay safe in the yard as well. But at least if, if we're going to be outside and it's possible, if you're doing some chores, avoiding those mid-afternoon hours may be very wise because your body heats up just so quickly, and especially if you're actually involved in some sort of an activity that requires physical exertion, the body will become very heated, very tired, and those muscle cramps will come on much more quickly than any other time of day. Great advice. And like I said, with my personal situation, I was, I was actually swimming before I started doing the yard work, and I didn't really think about becoming dehydrated while I was swimming. And then the more I read about it, found out how dangerous that situation is. So please keep track of what you're doing. Take breaks like the doctor mentioned and keep an eye out for these symptoms. Now, one of the things the Louisiana Department of Health has uh, been looking at is a situation we see all too often during the summer. There are too many stories in Louisiana and across the country about children being left in hot cars. LDH is launching a campaign to educate the public about this issue. Tell us a little bit about those efforts. Sure. Uh, as you have just mentioned, we get those very unfortunate reports and sometimes making the news locally and nationally about a child that's been left in the car. And these are just such tragic events. Very young children, certainly most oftentimes when we hear about it, it's a parent who just unknowingly left the car, perhaps to run into a store, run into the house to get something, perhaps was distracted. And in just a matter of a very few minutes, the child left in the car can not only develop heat exhaustion, but heat stroke. And that's when the car gets so hot that the child's body's temperature goes up above 104 degrees, and they wind up in a situation with an altered mental status. They're not thinking, they're not mentating right, potentially falling into a coma, and even dying. 
And so what we're trying to do at LDH is, as you mentioned, partner with other state agencies, Governor's Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Preparedness, Department of Education, the Fire Marshal's Office, Department of Transportation, the Highway Safety Commission. We're all using our communication channels to get this very basic but important message out to residents across Louisiana to remind them that in this heat, it only takes a few minutes for a child or a pet that's left inside to really become ill, to develop, again, what we call these symptoms consistent with heat exhaustion and possibly signs that can lead in just a matter of a few minutes can uh, lead that individual to die or that pet to die. So we're trying to simply get this message out, particularly now as we're facing this very long streak of hot weather. And you mentioned the multi-agency effort. We, of course, at GOSAP are going to be pushing some of this information out. Uh, you mentioned DOTD. On the way to the studio this morning, I actually saw some of the electronic signs on the side of the interstate uh, offering advice about, you know, please check your cars before you lock them and, and make sure. You know, a lot of people without children may not fully understand how easy these kind of situations can develop. I know with my children, there's been times where they dozed off in the back and you don't hear a peep out of them, you know, for maybe 30 minutes at a time. And with all the distractions nowadays, it's easy to overlook something like that, but it's something we need, all need to be aware of. It really is. And, you know, there's a, a various uh, reminders that we, we encourage people to, to have with them in the car or to use. Um, I've seen individuals put a, a hanging sticker on the rearview mirror just as a reminder to look back. Um, another thing we encourage is to take a stuffed animal. When you put a child in the back, put that stuffed animal on your uh, front passenger seat. And so as you come out of the car, if your eye doesn't catch the child in the back or forgets about it, hopefully there's another visual cue. You know, I'm hoping also as, as, as technology develops, just like how we have alarms and bells for seat belts, um, as I'm hearing that some uh, automakers are, are trying to develop, again, those bells and signals that will remind an individual that there is a person in the back seat. But until those become more readily available, making those visual cues to yourself, um, or even leaving a purse or a cell phone next to the child's car seat. So that as you get out of the car and you're thinking, oh, i got to grab my belongings, you're reminded to also look into the back. That's a great bit of advice right there. Of course, this uh, campaign looks like it'll be going about six weeks. So, again, look for it. And uh, in anyone that could help us promote this campaign, we would appreciate it. We've been speaking with Dr. Parm Jabari, Assistant State Health Officer for the Louisiana Department of Health. Where can people go for more information on the topics we talked about today? They can certainly visit the State Health Department website, ldh.gov. I also encourage viewers to visit the CDC. This is another very important topic. It's usually under the heading of injury prevention and preventable injuries. These are things that we, they're things that we can do to prevent this from happening. So again, the Louisiana Department of Health website, the CDC website, and certainly over the next few weeks, I'm sure each of these state agencies will again be using their social media to promote further awareness around this issue. So beat the heat and watch for your kids before you lock the cars up. Thank you, Sarah, for your time today, and we look forward to working with you on this campaign for the next few weeks. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. Now we will move to the emergency resource segment for this episode. We routinely mention GOSEP's webpage focused on emergency preparation, getagameplan.org. Our partners at FEMA have a similar resource, the ready.gov webpage. 
There's a wealth of information about any type of emergency we could face here in the U.S. We encourage you to check out these sites to better protect you, your home, your business, and your pets. That is today's resource segment. Now back to our interviews. Joining us by phone is my boss and the director of GOSEP, Colonel Jim Wascom. Sir, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Now, just a little background. Colonel Wascom was appointed as director of GOSEP by Governor Edwards in January of 2016. Colonel Wascom is a retired colonel in the U.S. Army who served the United States for 33 years, including three tours of combat during Operation Desert Storm and Iraqi Freedom New Dawn. During that time, he was directly responsible for the safety and welfare of more than 50,000 military personnel. He's a former prosecutor in the 19th JDC and Inspector General of the Louisiana National Guard. Colonel, you and Governor Edwards kind of had to hit the ground running with various emergencies since you joined GOSEP. How do you feel like your background has helped lead this agency? Well, you know, the 33 years I spent there, Mike, I, I spent uh, mostly in combat units. and. Uh, you know, 15 of those years in active federal service were spent with the Louisiana National Guard. Uh, I responded to uh, just about every disaster uh, 1994 onward when I left active duty in 94 and joined the Guard. So uh, everything except uh, Katrina and the BP oil spill, at which time I was I was in Iraq. So uh, having seen all those and seen how GOSEP uh, works and how the the, the state interacts with with uh, and the National Guard uh, obviously helped tremendously. Uh, I'll tell you the other thing that helped me in this role was, uh, you mentioned it uh, in the intro there, was, uh, you know, I spent almost a year as the garrison commander for Victory Base Complex, which is the largest at the time, the largest, you know, post in, in the world as far as soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and civilians. And so, uh, as garrison commander running the post day to day, that certainly helped with a lot of the uh, preparations, preparedness and response issues that we deal with today. And, you know, just hearing the discussions with you guys, a lot of our guardsmen, people may not uh, realize this, but a lot of our guard personnel basically had to jump back in with some of these emergencies almost immediately after they came home from deployment. That's correct. National Guard's motto is always ready, always there. So regardless of whether it's a, a federal Title 10 status that we're mobilized for or whether it's in service to the state or community, it plays a tremendous factor in Louisiana's response. Now, we've had everything from river flooding and flash flooding to tropical threats and severe winter weather. Is there any basic information you would like to give the public on how to prepare uh, for the wide range of emergencies we face here in Louisiana? Well, I would say that uh, the foremost is to, to, to have a plan. Uh, go to getagameplan.org, uh, which we often tout. Uh, you can find checklists there for your family, for businesses, or your, your, even the children, uh, and just having a game plan. What we try to say is at least have enough supplies on hand to last for the first 72 hours. We can't get there as fast as your neighbors, so check on your neighbors, make sure your neighbors are okay, and then make sure you have the supplies on hand to sustain yourself for at least three or four days. Uh, you know, with the with the August floods in 2016, Mike, as you know, um, a lot of those homes that flooded were not in a flood zone, and the rivers came up very quickly in the course of 48 hours. So you always need to be prepared and have a game plan. 
You know, that's a very important point because uh, even with some of the communities, we had entire communities that were basically shut off because every route into some of those uh, municipalities and everything were flooded. It's not often we see that three-day limit come into play, but there are times where, you know, you need to be sustainable for that amount of time until help can arrive to you. Absolutely. You know, and even even, uh, travelers, you know, we had uh, people, motorists on I-12, where I-12, as you know, was cut off and several different places we had to get to them by helicopter so you know if you're going to take a trip you know you may want to stock up on some essential supplies there too and have a first aid kit on hand now in your appearances around the state you often talk about the business emergency operations center or business eoc and the public private partnership we've established as part of our emergency plans why do you think it's important to have the business community tied into the state plans well, for several reasons, uh, chief among them is a business needs to get back up and operational or stay operational uh, through, a, through a hazard such as a, a flood or a storm or a hurricane or a tornado. So they need to be prepared. The other thing that it helps us with uh, is we have 1,200 businesses currently registered on with the uh, business EOC. It gives us an avenue to, first of all, let them know the current situation And number two, it helps us out because if we're looking for a particular resource uh, that we don't have and that we need to to obtain, we can contact those businesses and best try to find out how to get that resource to to further uh, support the citizens of Louisiana. So very tremendous asset. It also serves as our backup emergency operations center in some cases. You know, a lot of times, too, we explain to people that every emergency starts at the local level. Should they become overwhelmed, they may need to reach out to the state. In turn, we may need to reach out to FEMA if it's a larger emergency uh, to help the state. But this business EOC, I guess, is another option uh, to help get those needs met. That's correct, Mike. And as you know, one of the key uh, contributors in in recovery and uh, getting a, a community back on its feet is to have those businesses open as soon as they can because it it it's a it's a tax provides a tax base to that local community. If that tax base is not there, then the the business tends to die, uh, as we saw in St. Bernard Parish when 60% of the population moved out and didn't go back after Hurricane Katrina. So, what you want to do after a disaster is get the uh, businesses back open, get the schools back open, the churches, and, and give the give the citizens a sense that our community is still here. Uh, and, and the more you can do pre-thorn to make yourself stronger, more resilient, the better off you'll be. And kind of on a related note, it's important for businesses to have an emergency plan as well, uh, especially when it comes to uh, staying in touch with your employees and, and other matters, correct? That's correct. Uh, you know, I, I will, you know, one particular business, uh, they have actually a, a plan in place where they, ha- they have a place to bring in their uh, employees during a, a disaster, during a storm. They also have places for child care and, uh, and a backup plan for, uh, for uh, schools with the businesses so they can get back up and operational as quickly as possible. So uh, we highly encourage to eat all of the businesses to take a look at what we've got on our website at getagameplan.org. 
and, and develop those for themselves. If you are a business owner or if you think your business would be interested in uh, finding out more about the Business Emergency Operations Center, go to www.labeoc.org, www.labeoc.org. We also featured uh, the Louisiana Business Emergency Operations Center on an earlier episode of our podcast, uh, so you can find that available as well. In preparation for an emergency, you can also check out the Get a Game Plan app. It's available on most uh, sites where apps are sold. Uh, That's a great resource to add uh, as well. You can find out emergency kit information. If evacuation information becomes necessary, we will post that information there as well. The Get a Game Plan app is another great resource to add. All right, we've been speaking with GOSEP Director Jim Wascom. Sir, thank you for taking out time for us today. Again, getagameplan.org, any of the information we mentioned about businesses, there's uh, information uh, for your kids, there's information about your pets, you know, with any of your emergency plans. So, sir, thank you for joining us today, and we encourage everybody to check out those sites. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for joining us for our Get a Game Plan podcast. Please encourage others to share this resource and subscribe. We want to thank GOSEP Director Jim Wascom and Dr. Parm Jaberi for the information they provided today. We want to thank the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency for the use of their studio. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Find out more at DonateLifeLA.org. For more on most of the topics we talked about today, go to getagameplan.org and don't forget to follow GOSEP on Facebook and Twitter. We'll talk to you again in August. This podcast is produced in partnership with LOPA and the Gifted Life Podcast. Find out more about organ, eye, and tissue donation by listening to the Gifted Life podcast at thegiftedlife.org or download it from your favorite podcast app.